there's a myth and I, I would really love to squash this myth. A lot of people really get hung up on, well, only five cents of my dollar is going to that organization. Right. They think that that's a key indicator of success for that charity. And when has cheaper ever been a standard for quality? <laughs> Welcome to Un Uninformed. I'm Sean Seavey. Each week on Uninformed helps you in being connected to the world around you so you don't feel dumb around your smart friends. Have you ever been hesitant to donate to a charity organization because you're afraid that most of your donation will go into the organization's overhead? Have you ever heard of charities who actually have a negative effect on humanity? And have you ever considered starting your own charity? Joining us this week is Alicia Geddes. She's the Director of Communications at Brigham Young University's Ballard Center for Economic Self-Reliance. And we're talking about what makes a good charity and what makes a bad charity. But instead of giving up on charities altogether, Alicia Geddes is all about giving people the resources to add wisdom to their compassion. Alicia Geddes, welcome to Un Uninformed. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. So, so you've worked with a lot of charities in the past. You kind of have a background there. You are the director um, of communications at the Ballard Center. Uh, kind of tell me about your background working with charities. So I've spent over 15 years working for a variety of charities. And what I've noticed is that there's some charities that do it good, better, and some that do it best. And then there's even charities that, um, although they have good intentions, they end up hurting the communities that they're trying to serve. Really? And so what we do at the Ballard Center, um, we're what we call a social innovation center. And our tagline is do good better. So what we, we help BYU students do is help them assess who's doing it good and who's doing it best. Um, so if a student has an idea on how to create a business that will also make the world better. We give them funding and coaching to make it happen. Yeah. And then for everyone else who's like, I'm not an entrepreneur, but I really care about making the world better. Yeah. We give them tips on, on what that might look like. So we have classes, events, competitions, just purely aimed at making the world better. Cool. And so uh, students that are going to BYU or those who are in the in you know the Provo, Utah area, they can be involved with that. Absolutely, and we'd love to connect with as many people as possible. For those who are maybe outside of our reach, our Facebook might be interesting as we continuously post resources on what it means to do good in the world. Well, I want to talk about doing good better, but I want to talk about doing good badly. Okay. <laughs> let's, <laughs> let's talk about uh, who sucks at um, doing good um, and what to look for. So let me throw this back to you. Um, I'm going to give you two examples of two charities who are trying to assess clean water All right. in the world. And I'm going to let you just from sound bites, like the commercials that we might see from these organizations, pick which one you'd give. Okay, yeah, cool. Two. So there's an organization called Play Pumps, and they will create pumps, water pumps in communities for free. And the pumps are attached to merry-go-rounds. So not only does the community oh. get water but they also the kids get a playground oh that's cool yeah um there's another group called water health international and they install water purification centers into developing countries yeah. so if you had if five thousand dollars who would you give to from the elevator pitch uh well like <laughs> the playgrounds was so fun i mean uh 
and it's like helping kids play and more self-sustaining. So, so yeah. And whenever I ask people this question, 90% pick the playgrounds. That business has gone under. Oh. So it's helping no one. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, and, why? Let's see. Yeah. And then Water Health International, in contrast, is helping over 5 million people get access to clean water. And so I think kind of as we unravel these two organizations, we can kind of give you a feeling for who's doing it good and who's not. <laughs> okay. Let, let, yeah. So let's unravel it. Yeah. Well, one thing that maybe wasn't asked was, does this product work? Yes, the merry-go-rounds make the merry-go-rounds pump water, yeah. like they physically work. But I mean, have you seen kids play on a merry-go-round? Uh, yeah, I don't know if they're still around anymore because of whatever. Uh, no, uh, <laughs> yeah. they're not OSHA approved in the U.S., but yeah. maybe in third-world countries. Yeah, but. but I remember playing on one like as a child, and I was on there for like a hot five seconds before I got bored with it <laughs> and moved to the next playground equipment. Right, the next yeah. one that would sear my skin, <laughs> the metal, <laughs> right, metal slides. So first of all, these kids aren't playing on the playgrounds long enough to pump water so it would it would require child labor (laughs) to have the type of water we really want yes 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 got it keep going around the playground yeah okay got it so so there was that aspect to it i am for sustainability purposes when the playgrounds and, and i think this is probably more common with a lot of foreign aid like when we're installing toilets or building houses or building schools what happens when that mechanism breaks down. Who's gonna fix it? Mm. So, so that that was a problem. So they're breaking. I'm. What I had heard is that it would take 27 hours to pump sufficient water for a community per day. Per. Oh. So it's not even possible. <laughs> Man, but it sounds so good. It does, and the pictures are great. And and I think we often get really lured into um, great. Um, it, you think about the marketing. The marketing's phenomenal, right? Well, like Smiling Kickstarter. Kids. Yeah, people yeah. get so excited about Kickstarter uh-huh. campaigns that are helping people in mm-hmm. other countries. Yeah. Or buy one, give one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, they're really quick to market and they're an easy story. Playgrounds plus water. Like, that is a short, succinct it's story. Sexy. Yeah. yeah I'll, it's, I'll buy it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so, so those, those are, those are a couple things that have made this entity a public failure. Um, before we get into the good news, is there anything, any other big red flags we need to look for in, uh, in charities? In- I guess whenever I hear like, Hey, my friends are getting together to donate X to X. Yeah. I want to know a little bit more. Like, how does my friend know that that population needs this particular item? Um, I'm a little weary about just donating items unless it's under, um, unless there's a natural disaster, for example, yeah. like okay, natural yeah. disaster, and that that we could we could dive into natural disasters also. Sure. But if if what I'm donating is going to displace people from their jobs, um, you and I had talked about. Um, there had been some criticisms for Tom's shoes when they were first established. Right. Um, about displacing workers for the shoe, just giving shoes while displacing local shoemakers because they sold them out because mm-hmm. they, it was free and mm-hmm. they, it messed up the economy, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I guess these all kind of fall into questions of sustainability is, am I going to displace someone by providing this donated item? There was a horrific story that I heard about 10 years ago 
I have a very compassionate group of individuals donate, donating baby formula oh, okay. to a developing country. And I'm, it sounds altruistic. It sounds kind. It sounds like if someone asked me to do it, I'd be like, sure. Yeah. I'd be happy to babies, do that. Babies, like they're <laughs> the most vulnerable people. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Anything to help the babies. Well, the baby formula didn't help the babies. In fact, USAID right. had to make a statement saying, stop donating baby <laughs> stop formula. Stop donating. Why? Well, what was happening... Either they couldn't read the instructions in English or they didn't have access to properly sanitizing the water to create the baby formula. Okay. So these already malnourished babies were becoming either more sick or in some instances dying from an act of charity. Because the water may have been bad. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. So I'm not here to say stop being a good person and stop <laughs> like but stop donating okay. yeah i would never want to take away someone's compassion but i would love to help people add more wisdom to the good that they're seeking to do in the world okay let's talk about what you look for in uh, a charity that makes it a good charity so there's probably four or five things that i look at we, we've already talked about sustainability yeah to dive into that a little bit more um, does the organization have one funding mechanism or does it have multiple funding mechanisms? Okay, give us an example to try to... How many that. organizations do we see go under because they're relying on a government grant? Oh. Yeah, so if you have one funding um, mechanism or if you have one donor, if that person leaves, it's not very sustainable. Okay, got it. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and and that being said, I'm okay. So I used to work for the YMCA. Yeah. And we had multiple streams of revenue working at the YMCA. So if um, YMCAs, for those that haven't been next to one of the 2,000 of them throughout the world, um, right. they have um, sustainable income. If you can afford a fitness membership, you'll pay for it. If you can't, we're going to support you. Okay. The YMCA also seeks donations to help fund after-school programs, swim lessons, etc. So they have multiple streams of revenue coming from tons of different sources. Right. And so they're a good example of that. Got it. For sustainability, the YMCA is killing it. Um, it's fun to stay at the YMCA. You could have a good meal. You could get yourself it? clean get and yourself. hang out with all the boys. Yeah. <laughs> that's right. Okay. Well, all I my favorite things. Too. Every time I <laughs> sing that song, I'll just think that's like the ultimate symbol of a good organization. Yeah. So killing it with sustainability, okay. killing it with scale. Also, really, I, I like to think. Yeah. I mean, they have over two thousand organizations. I, or, I mean, I haven't worked for them for five years, but when I was with them, they had over two thousand locations. Yeah. And that's reaching a lot of people. Oh, no kidding. So would I rather give to an organization that's helping hundreds of thousands of people or dozens and dozens of people? Mm. For me, I feel like my dollar, my donated dollar will go a little bit further if they're helping hundreds of thousands of people. Yeah. I'm, I guess kind of going into um, the third thing is impact. So the second was scale. So Yeah. Sustainability, okay. scale. scale. And number three is? Impact. Okay. And this is probably the most important one. There's a myth, and I, I would really love to squash this myth. A lot of people really get hung up on, well, only five cents of my dollar is going to that organization. Right. They think that that's a key indicator of success for that charity. And when has cheaper ever been a standard for quality? <laughs> Walmart. Oh, dang it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, so that's false. 
Or that's I think, going down the wrong track, at least. I don't think it's the right indicator for success. Okay. I if if I'm if I let's say human trafficking, I, I think yeah. that's an issue that a lot of us are really passionate about, and I would love to see that eradicated ten years ago. I wish it wasn't an issue we were still talking about. Right. But if an organization, I'm let's say they're just getting people out of human trafficking, that's a number. And it's an important number, but it's so easy to get back into human trafficking. So if I was interested in supporting a human trafficking organization, I would really want to know what happens to these these women, these men and women after they're saved from being trafficked. Okay, the long term. Yeah. Because, yeah, short term, we can give somebody something. But how long is that something? How long can we keep them out? Because there's there's um, drug addiction. Sometimes they're not welcome back into their communities because of the stigma. Yeah. And so for me, it would be the that would be the number one question I'd have for a human trafficking organization is what happens to these kids after and how do you know that they're staying out of human trafficking? So if they don't have a good answer to that question, red flag. A hundred percent. If they if they can't tell you what's been happening to their clients after they've been extracted, to me that's just a catch and release situation. Okay. One thing I so we're in a land of very compassionate people here in Utah. Yeah. And everyone wants to start their own charity. Of course. Yeah. When I was taking a class on starting charities or on social entrepreneurship, starting socially minded businesses, my professor said, if you want to start one, don't. Oh, wow. And that's from an expert. Thanks. <laughs> okay. Well, I'll keep that in mind. Or should I? And, and his point being was that there's a chance that what you're already doing exists. So do your homework. See yeah. if that charity already exists. If it already exists, maybe you can help innovate from within. So, and I, I think that that really leads into, um, there's been some talk about the white savior complex where we... Like we in America are helping everybody else. We assume that we know the needs of others. Because we have it good and so something we have is going to help them. Do it our way. Yeah. yeah the American dream can <laughs> yeah. be implemented everywhere. Yeah. So with innovation, like how innovative yeah. is the idea? Is it, does it exist elsewhere? And so i um, we have to be able to do our homework to know if it exists elsewhere and we have to be good listeners. So how yeah. is, is that charity doing something that someone else is already doing? If so, are they doing it better than those other organizations? And I know it's fun, it's fun to be like a social entrepreneur, but if the Red Cross is doing the same thing or UNICEF is doing the same thing better, maybe... Put your ego at the door. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And uh, because it's it's not about... Uh, I, there are a lot of things out there that make you feel good, but then there are things that actually make you feel good and help people. <laughs> yeah. And I, I'll genuinely say when people go out to start an organization, I, I think it's more altruistic than ego. Uh, yeah. I, I think genuinely people are right. saying, hey, I see this need and maybe I, maybe I have done some of my homework on this. Um, we just want people to do a little bit more homework. And this is where the wisdom of compassion mm-hmm. comes in. Mm-hmm. Okay, so there's so many bad organizations. I, I know plenty of people that say, well, I'll just you know donate to my church and I won't worry about donating to anything else because I know that that works well. Um, so people just don't do anything at all. Uh, what do you say about that? Oh my gosh, that would break my heart if people said, this is too overwhelming, I'm just going to stop doing good. Just give up, <laughs> yeah. give up on, on good, I can't trust anybody. Yeah, so my message is, 
let's just take this step by step. Okay. Um, for someone who might be getting started in the world of good today or recommitting to doing good, sure. I would say pick a social issue and date it for a little bit. Okay. I uh, date it, go to the movies, watch, okay. <laughs> you know, watch some documentaries about that social issue, become as informed as you can about that issue and uh, maybe what's happening locally about that issue. Yeah. And the great thing about social issues is you don't have to marry them. You don't have to. You can be very polygamist about social uh, okay. issues. You can pick we multiple. Like uh, okay. <laughs> so you can pick multiple social issues that you're passionate about. But I would just say, let's just start by getting yourself educated. Part of education can be volunteering for that organization. Yeah. And if you see that there's a hole in what they're doing, you can start to do one of two things. One, maybe an entire organization needs to be created. And yeah. if you need to create an organization, um, theabundancecycle.com might be a good place to start on okay. how to, to create a socially minded organization. We could put that link in the show notes. Yeah. We've got lots of free resources in the cool. world of good. That's fantastic. There's hope. Yeah. Oh, there's always hope. <laughs> and I and getting to see amazing social issues on a regular basis constantly infuses me with the hope and the good in the world. The second thing, let's say that you're volunteering for that organization, and maybe it doesn't make sense to completely start a new business or a new charity, but maybe I, maybe the organization is open to you innovating from within. Okay. Um, there is a process. IDEO is... Have you heard of IDEO? No, help me out. So IDEO is an organization that's dedicated to creating products like cell phones. And when they create products like cell phones, they don't just assume that they know what a consumer needs. They'll go out and do their homework on what a consumer needs. Okay. So there's a pretty famous video about IDEO creating the ultimate shopping cart and the extreme process that they go through, or the rigorous, I should say rigorous process that they go through yeah. to create a shopping cart that their consumers need. And so if we can apply, when, when designers go out and they create items, they don't, they never assume what their consumer wants. Right. They always do their homework on that. Yeah. Otherwise you, you can just utterly, utterly fail because you don't read the market properly. You're right. Exactly. Yeah. And so what we want to do, um, is we want to use principles of design. Um, it's called design thinking or human centered design. Mm -hmm. Um, to create services for services or programs for people in need. And yeah. so the Acumen Fund and IDEO have come together and they've created a free workshop called Human Centered Design. And I can get you the link for that also if cool. someone wants Plenty to go resources. through yeah. those resources to improve the situation of the entity that they're already in. Okay, so there's, there are the people that want to be, you know, the next great innovator. And we, there's plenty of people like that. Millennials love to, to be part of big causes mm -hmm. like that. Now, what about the people that just want to uh, donate <laughs> to an organization? Like, is it what 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 guidelines you got for us? Donating's a great thing to do. <laughs> yeah, you don't have to be the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation. No, great. Okay. no, I mean, right. all great charities need great donators. <laughs> yeah. So, so I think kind of the checklist that we talked about beforehand. Yeah. Um, is this organization helping dozens and dozens of people or right. hundreds of millions of people? Yeah. Are you the only funding source or do they have some other great backing from other people? And most importantly, that impact question. Yeah. Are they doing what they're saying they're doing? 
That was Alicia Geddes, the Director of Communications at Brigham Young University's Ballard Center for Economic Self-Reliance. If you want more resources to starting your own social venture or improving one you're already in, we've put many of the resources we've talked about today in our show notes, so check those out. If you like the show, leave us a review on iTunes, like us on Facebook, or follow us on Twitter. Our theme music is provided by D.D. Dumbo. I'm Sean Seavey, and you're listening to Un-Uninformed. Thanks, everybody. <laughs> <laughs>